Welcome to our first ever episode of Hoops Through Life, a podcast where we discuss the women's basketball collegiate recruiting process and transition from high school to college. I'm your host, Elspeth Bierman. Today, for our very first episode, our guest is a dear, dear friend of mine, Coach Abby Diop. We both entered collegiate athletics at the same time and had the pleasure of living and working together for three seasons. Prior to coaching, Abby was a standout player at the University of Mary Washington. During the 2011-2012 season, she contributed to UMW's record-setting 30-1 season, becoming CIC champions and making it to the Elite Eight at the Division III NCAA tournament. The 2011-2012 team has been inducted into the Mary Washington Hall of Fame and they still hold the school record for most number of consecutive wins at 30. Abby started her coaching career in 2016 as an assistant at Shenandoah University. During her time at Shenandoah, Abby was crucial in helping turn around the program, eventually helping the Hornets to their first ever ODAC championship in school history. After Shenandoah, she spent the next two seasons as the head coach at Averett University, and in 2021, Abby found her current home as the head coach at Dickinson College. Last year's 2022-2023 season, Abby and her staff made history at Dickinson by being named Coaching Staff of the Year in the Centennial Conference, the first ever Dickinson staff to receive that honor. Needless to say, Abby, you're amazing. Thank you so much for being here. Of course. I really appreciate you having me on. And thanks for that introduction. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) So let's just jump on right in. That's good. When you're interested in a potential athlete for your program, where does your evaluation begin? Can you just walk us through that process? Yeah, of course. So um, it can start off in a few different ways. Um, Either us, you know, seeing a potential athlete play in, a, in an AAU event or a recruiting showcase um, or just an athlete reaching out to us, expressing their interest in our program. Um, and then from there, it's, you know, making sure we're continuing on with their AAU schedule, AAU process, um, and then watching them with their high school team as well. Um, I love watching players play with different groups, if that makes sense. Like I love watching a player play with her AU program and seeing how different that might be um, than her playing with her high school team versus a summer league or a fall league um, and just those different environments um, that they're playing in. But uh, I would say that process, yeah, begins with them them contacting us or, um, us being fortunate to see them play and then starting the communication process then. Yeah. You said something interesting about seeing athletes play in different contexts. What, what are you looking for? What makes that interesting to you? Yeah. I mean, I think it's just the dynamics. I think high school basketball can be very different from AAU. Um, In most cases, AAU, you have a team full of, athletes that are looking to play in the college level and like-minded in that sense um, versus their high school team where you can have a stud star soccer player playing on your basketball team or whatever the sport is might not basketball might not be their first sport or their main sport so that dynamic of not only the level of play and like their like how they play with different athletes um, but the leadership that comes with that right? Like AAU, I think sometimes players might take a back seat and be playing with, you know, 
a bunch of star basketball players where high school, their leadership gets ramped up because they are the star player. So just seeing them in those different dynamics of how they lead, how they communicate with their teammates, um, and then even the level of play, which can be very different, just seeing those athletes thrive in those ways, I think is, is important and getting that context of those different environments, but kind of fun to see them in a different light. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I can imagine that potentially a red flag for you would be somebody who's yelling at people on their high school team because maybe they're not as skilled. And then when they get to the AAU program, everybody's there for one reason to play basketball. And so it looks a little bit differently. So I think that makes a lot of sense to see multiple sides of who they are as a basketball athlete. Yep, exactly. Because all of that plays into part two. You know, we're, we're obviously looking at their athletic ability, but there's so much more to that. Um, how they communicate with their coaches, how, how they communicate with their teammates, body language, their energy. So like you said, in those different environments, I think you can see um, how they respond in, in certain ways, which I think is important. Yeah. And you mentioned something about athletes reaching out to you. And I know I get a lot of questions about how to write an email, how to do this, how to do that, how to get on a coach's radar. What do you, if you don't know, that's okay. This is an odd question, but do you know like the percentage of maybe the people on your team or the people who you are really interested in of who reaches out to you versus you reach out to them? Yeah. Oh, that is an interesting question. I wish I did know the numbers, but, um, I don't have exact numbers, but what I can say to that is I think being here at Dickinson, um, I feel like there are uh, a select group or I wouldn't say select group, but it feels as if, if you know Dickinson College, you know Dickinson, right? So there are athletes that might fall through the cracks that we might not see, but if they know Dickinson and they know the Centennial Conference, those athletes tend to reach out to us. I'm not sure if that makes sense or not, but um, so it is interesting to see which pocket of athletes based on region and based on where they are geographically who reach out to us. Cause you know, we're on an athlete right now that's from Georgia, which is different from where we've recruited. We have someone from Vermont, which is different, but they knew Dickinson. So I think in that way, it's, it's been interesting and cool to see like, like Dickinson's being talked about in Vermont and Atlanta or just wherever. <laughs> cool. um, but I wish I did have the numbers on that. Um, it would be very, I'm, I am curious now to know uh, where that all will fall. Yeah. Cause yeah, it sounds like Dickinson, if you, I mean, this is what you just said, if, if you know it, you know it. So it's well known in certain pockets of right. of people potentially so if those pockets tend to move or they have a family member in somewhere else maybe that's how they they know but it yeah. sounds like if you know about it you have a pretty strong connection to dickinson yeah. yeah i would i would agree with that i think that's how it is the pockets of athletes that we get reaching out to us i give them a lot of credit um for doing their research and stuff beforehand to getting to know our program or even if it's like you said they've heard about us through someone else or whatever, them doing their research and then taking the time to reach out to us coaches. I think I give a lot of recruits props for that because I know that that can be a hard process too of, you know, one vetting out where you're interested in um, and then kind of putting yourself out there in, in ways to reach out to coaches. So props to those athletes that 
do that yeah. and encourage more too. Mm-hmm. Do that well. Yeah. Everybody go to Dickinson, coach Abby <laughs> Diop, email her now. <laughs> right now. <laughs> um, so I know that Dickinson is pretty high academic. So when people reach out to you, because I know I get a lot of questions about what should I include in my email There's like questions about basketball resume, GPA, stuff like that. But with a high academic school, what what would you need in an introduction email? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I think including a a resume, your your GPA, I think that is all important, because like you said, and I think this even ties into what we mentioned before, like if you know Dickinson, you know Dickinson. And I think a big part of that is it being a high academic school. Um, so, you know, right off the bat, like your GPA requirement almost has to be at a certain point for you to even be considered. So including that in the first email is very helpful and it kind of, it, it, it eliminates that first step of, is this going to be the right fit for you academically from the beginning? And I think that's something athletes need to know. We need to know right from the beginning. So, um, including that definitely is helpful. And then as, very as far as like a basketball resume goes, what if you want to receive that? And then what do you think should be included in that? Yeah, I mean, I find it really helpful or I would even say I enjoy reading a little bit more or getting more information about the athlete as a overall person too. like, of course, the basketball piece is very important. I want to like, if you include highlights, if you include game film, a full game film, I think that's, that's very helpful too, just to put your highlights almost in context of an actual game and seeing a little bit more. Um, But include what you're involved in, why Dickinson might be a good fit for you, what you're looking for in your college experience, what major you're possibly thinking about, um, I think is helpful too. And again, it, it will help eliminate um, hurdles we might have to face in in the process, knowing what you might already be interested in and if Dickinson can provide that for you. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So once you, so let's say somebody reaches out to you, they send that highlight film, they send game film, and you're like, oh, I like, I like what I'm seeing. What's kind of that next step for you? Yeah, that next step would be probably a phone conversation, getting on the phone with that athlete, talking to them um, on the phone, getting to know a little bit more about them and, and getting a feel for their personality, to be completely honest. Um, and then after that would be trying to get them on campus, um, taking a a tour of our facilities, um, what we have to offer on campus, um, getting them a lot of information about the school, about our program. I think after that first initial conversation, that's where that next step is. Like all we want you to come to campus, you know, get a feel for everything and leave with a lot, a lot of information on Dickinson women's basketball and Dickinson college. In that initial conversation with a student athlete on the phone, what are some red flags? What are some green flags for you? Yeah, um, I'll start off with green flags. So being able to hold a conversation um, and that back and forth, I think is very important, right? We have, once our our recruits, athletes are on campus, we have to be able to communicate and we talk a lot. So <laughs> I feel like, you know, starting off with a, a good 
phone conversation and that back and forth and being able to hold a conversation and not just simple yes no good responses mm-hmm. is is very helpful um i know Oh, sorry. I know that a lot of athletes that I talk to, they say how nervous they are to talk to a college coach. And so that might feel maybe a little bit intimidating to them. What are some tips that you have? Yeah, because I agree with you. It's important to even just say, I'm good. How are you? Instead of just, I'm good. (laughs) Right, right. I mean, I think uh, that's partly on me in the sense of making them feel a little bit comfortable. You know, I don't just start off the conversation with, okay, tell me about this, this, and this. And I don't want it to be like an yeah. interview. Just um, like we started this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Like this feels like a conversation, um, but I don't want it to feel like an interview. So them getting a feel for my personality too. Like, I want to know how your summer went. I want to know if you've done any fun, cool things over the summer, been on any trips, um, you know, spent time with family, whatever the case is. And then, you know, leading that into the conversation of our program, the school, um, how your AU experience, how your high school experience has been. And I think, you know, a little bit is on me or the coaches um, to kind of help ease that conversation and, and for those athletes to feel a little bit of our personality as well. Um, it's a two way street. Like I have to be a, a good fit for them just as much as they have to be a good fit for me and my program. So just kind of keeping that in the back of my mind, I think is important and has helped in some conversations uh, with recruits and potential athletes. Yeah, that makes sense. So any other green flags and then you can move on to red flags. Yeah. Um, let me think other green flags. I mean, honestly, I think it all just stems from having a conversation, allowing them the space to be themselves and, and, as much as that, that they can show over the phone, like <laughs> in conversation. Um, and I know it can be hard, as you mentioned, but again, I think just them being themselves, um, talking about their their experience and the positives. I think a red flag sometimes is talking down on your program or like your mm. current program or coaching staff or teammates. You know, there's always a way to... Um, if not, not including that in conversation, but a polite, respectful way to express what you want to express without um, being rude or talking down on anyone or anything else. Um, so that that can be a little bit of a red flag, just how you're talking about who you're surrounded by in, in those moments. Mm-hmm. Um, all I can think of at the moment is red flags. I feel like there might be more, but I don't know. <laughs> I mean, is it is it important for you for them to ask questions about the program or have anything yeah. prepared like that? Yeah, there you go. That that is a good point there. I would say a green flag is questions and having follow ups. And when you can tell that they've done their research before, mm-hmm. um, I'm not one to brag on myself at all, but I've gotten a few compliments or congrats about coaching staff of the year. And it's like, oh, like you went on our page, you looked up you know, certain accolades that we have, or if you're referencing something that you clearly have saw online or through our social media, I really appreciate that because you've taken the time to, again, do some research about our program and um, just what we have going on here. So Mm -hmm. I'd add that to the green flag. And and I think being prepared with questions is always great. um, Because again, I, I know I mentioned this earlier, but it is about the fit. Fit is very, very important. So you have to ask questions to to know that, to know if, um, 
this whatever coach you're talking to if that's where you want to be and unless you ask you you probably won't know so being prepared in that sense too I think is really good yeah so you mentioned social media which I'm glad you did because I think that's something that is pretty prevalent in recruiting now but I I wonder for you what role does that play in maybe even finding athletes or engaging with them yeah I I feel like these past few years social media has been big on that um a lot of the times when athletes share their profile or their resume they include their social social media pages on there um and I think just even (laughs) to be honest sometimes at recruiting events you know if I'm watching an athlete sometimes I'll just do a quick search on Twitter to see what their page is like and where to even get a gauge of where they might be getting interest. Um, A lot of athletes nowadays are, you know, tweeting offers or visits and and mentioning that. So it's almost like a little cheat code of (laughs) where where people are looking at and stuff at times. But I I would say it definitely has played a big part. Um, Like even watching highlights and a lot of athletes are, you know, reposting and posting their highlights or stats from games throughout the season. And again, that has been really helpful of just like a quick point to just access a lot of information about them. Um, Social media has been very helpful in that sense. Does, because you mentioned looking up people on Instagram or Twitter sharing where they've gotten offers or where they've gone on visits. Has that has knowing that about an athlete, maybe they're looking at a certain school or certain type of school, has that ever deterred you from reaching out to them? Um, to be completely honest, no. Um, I think if I think you're a good athlete and I think that you can bring value to our program in any way, I will shoot my shot and try (laughs) (laughs) and, you know, share what we have to offer and and see where things line up in that sense. I mean, there are moments where you're like, okay, obviously we're division three school. They're only getting offers from division one programs. Will that be a reach? Um, But there's moments where I'm like, "Ah, it it might be a reach, but you know, they don't know. They might just not know about Dickinson yet. So I, um, and in, in some cases, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely still reach out. So um, I wouldn't say it's ever deterred me um, just seeing what they or where they're posting about visits and stuff. Mm-hmm. I will say, though, when on social media pages and you see things that could be deemed inappropriate or what word do I want to use? Um explicit in like language or just not positive overall I, I i think that has deterred me from athletes more so than them posting about where they visit and yeah stuff like things that might um reflect negatively on their character mm-hmm. yeah because i know because because it's for, for you as coaches and then for student athletes as players you don't really know what the other side is looking for so I can even imagine somebody going on visits at maybe D1, lower level D1 or whatever, but really in their heart of hearts, they'd be open to a Division three institution, but they're only posting those things. So it might deter somebody from thinking, oh, they've got a whole bunch of interests where in fact, maybe those schools aren't really on them that hard. 
So I think it can be a blessing and a curse sometimes, especially if they're not proactively reaching out to schools that they might be interested in too. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think too, like the perception of what people post on social media and how that affects this generation is something that can negative negatively affect too. Like getting a division one offer is something that they're proud of and want to post versus the same thing with a division three program and having the opportunity to play there um, might not be posted for whatever reason or because of that perception. Mm -hmm. So I think, as you mentioned, it can be a blessing and, and a curse in that way too. Yeah. So what, what about conversation with AAU coaches and high school coaches? What types of questions are you asking them about their athletes that you're interested in? Yeah, I love connecting with AAU and high school coaches about their athletes. Um, again, it's a different perspective, someone who's with them currently day in, day out during their, their seasons um, that see a little bit more than we can see just at a recruiting event or watching them at a high school game. So, um, you know, I, I like to ask about how they are as overall person. You know, what do they do outside of basketball? How do they communicate with their teammates, their families even? And what kind of students they are. Again, we're a high academic school. It's division three at the end of the day, you're, you are a student athlete. So that academic side of things comes first. Um, so just getting a perspective from AU coaches, high school coaches on the player as an overall human. Um, yeah. I, I love having those conversations and, and I really do appreciate high school coaches, AU coaches that are open to having those conversations and are honest um, during that process. So what advice would you give a student athlete if they either don't get along with their high school or AAU coach, or they just aren't very close with them? Yeah. I mean, I think you, you almost have to put it in like perspective of just real life. You're going to come across people that you don't like or you might not really get along with, but what is your goal and your mission at hand, right? So I think, you know, you, you can have a coach that you might not get along with, but are you going to let that affect your play? Are you going to let that affect the outcome of what your season's going to be? So I think even in those situations where, you might not get along or um, you might not be the closest with your coaches. I think one, there's an element of respect. And, you know, if, if you hold that, you're doing your part and at the end of the day, just continuing to do your part, be there for your team, put in the effort that you need to put in and try to be as positive as you can in that process to get the outcomes that you want and reach those goals that you want. Yeah, I think it also goes back to something you said earlier about phone conversations with the idea that just don't don't be negative. So don't say anything negative towards other people. There's ways you can express maybe you're not on the same page without being negative. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's important to be able to be yourself, right? Like you shouldn't have to change who you are even in a situation like that so having the space to still be who you truly are in a respectful manner of course um and and express how you feel in certain moments i think is important and you know being in an environment where you feel like you can do that i think goes a long way but being a leader in that sense of 
just trying to put your best foot forward at all points, being positive and again, focusing and, and not losing sight of what your end goal and your missions are. Yeah. So let's say you've saw this kid, you talked on the phone, they have an amazing personality, got to get them on campus. What, what is that visit like? What are you looking for? Red, green flags again for that? No, I, I, again, I love having that the whole recruiting process I think is fun and just getting to know (laughs) these athletes from, you know, watching them play to the phone conversations to meeting them in person. And again, even their interactions with their parents and families, like what, what questions are they asking on the visit? Do they have, have they been on other visits? I think that's something that's important too. I wouldn't say it's necessarily a red flag that let's say we get someone on campus and Dickinson is the only school that they visited and they're ready to commit at that exact moment. Great. I would love to have that effect on all of our (laughs) But um, in reality, I think you got to put things in perspective of having something to compare it to. Right. So, you know, we encourage our recruits to, you know, make a pro pro and cons list and compare and contrast other programs, other schools, what they're finding that they really, really like and want in a college experience versus things they might not really care for. Um, So anyone that comes in with that mindset and, you know, is asking questions is Ash, excuse me, that are asking questions and are engaged in that sense, um, I think make for a really great visit. Um, you know, once we get that first visit, once we get them on campus, again, it's it's a lot of information that we're trying to provide to them and them getting a feel for what our campus is like um, at any given moment. And if we are fortunate to have our athletes available, like our current athletes available and around Um, We try to have them join in on a lunch session or, you know, just a small or short brief conversation with those potential athletes to get an idea of what um, what the college experience looks like. Yeah. What's something that separates one student athlete from another when coming on a visit? What's something that they can do or a question that they can ask? Um, I think it's really just how engaged they are. Um, I think we're in a day and age with where our phones are. So like we have our phones on us 24 seven, but an ath- a, a prospective athlete coming in and you don't see them on their phone that much. And they're just like, or staring at their Apple the watch <laughs> or staring at their Apple watch yeah. or just in the moment and taking it all in. And again, engaging in conversation, asking questions, I think makes for a good visit. Just be present and enjoy it all. Take it all in. Um, would you, yeah, would you recommend that, that for the parents too? Cause I know that I've been on visits where, and sure, if a parent is working and they got to take a call, that's one thing, but I've been, yeah. I've been on visits where a parent is literally playing a game on their phone while we're <laughs> in the visit. So I don't know what you would yeah. recommend for parents too. Yeah. I mean, I, I think we've had a mixture of both or I've experienced a bit of both where parents are very, very involved in the recruiting process and they're the ones actually steamrolling all the questions and asking. Um, and then I've, I've had parents that kind of take a step back. I don't know if I've experienced anyone playing games on their phone, but take <laughs> a step back without asking any questions and, and allowing their, you know, their daughter to, to kind of, start those conversations. And I really think it's a balance of the two. Um, Obviously parents want 
to feel comfortable sending off their child to college and them being away from home, I know is a, is a big step. So I'm sure parents have conversations and I love engaging in those conversations with parents. Cause at the end of the day, I do want them to feel comfortable and feel like their, their child's going to be safe and in a, in a positive and good environment. So, you know, I, I, I think I have like a list of questions that are just for parents specifically, and just to get a gauge and see where their head is at with distance, with what they want, their child to accomplish in a four-year, five-year span um, in college. Um, so I think it, it, it definitely is a balance of the two um, of steamrolling every single question and them leading the force versus playing on their phones. <laughs> <laughs> From playing on their phones to steamrolling somewhere in the middle. <laughs> Please, just yeah. somewhere in the middle. <laughs> so if you don't mind, what are some of those questions for parents and what are you looking for with the caveat that this is what Coach Abby is looking for, not necessarily all coaches everywhere? I mean, I love asking how the recruiting process has been for them and how they are enjoying the process or possibly not to be completely honest, and what are things that they are looking for or hoping for in this college experience for their child. Um, I think those two questions gets me an idea of, again, it, it's a family decision, right? Like when, it, when you add in cost and transportation and when it comes to distance and stuff, it is, it can be a, a family decision. So knowing what's important to the parents as well, I think um, is important just to get a full picture of what the student wants. Yeah. And that, yeah, that makes a lot of sense too, because you're recruiting a family, not, ne not necessarily a student athlete. And so I guess the same question, do you have certain questions that you like to ask the student athletes Again, same caveat. This is just what Coach Abby is looking for, right. not necessarily everybody <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. I love hearing about what they are looking for in their college experience. Um, what are things that they are like non-negotiables for them? What do they want? What do they what are they looking for in that, that four-year span? And in addition to that, I would say I love hearing about their leadership in a sense. So senior year, um, a lot of the times, or let, let's say we're talking to an athlete that's going into their senior year, in their senior year, that sense of urgency kind of kicks up when it comes to basketball or their sport or just their academics. And like they're wrapping up this chapter of their life. Um, so just hearing about how they take that energy and, and then they're focusing on it in this last year or school year, I think is interesting to hear. So, you know, I enjoy hearing about what, what they think their leadership role is going to be on that team or how they, how they plan to expand on that leadership that they've probably had in the past. Um, I think it's, it, it gets them talking a little bit about themselves, which I think a lot of times, um, maybe us as women, shy away from. Um, so it's always, I love hearing about them and their leadership roles and what they feel like they're going to bring to the table academically, obviously athletically in that senior year where, as I mentioned, the sense of urgency is a little high mm -hmm. or higher. 
what are some actions that you can see? I know you mentioned maybe social media, like things being inappropriate or something that maybe doesn't go with the values of you and your team. But what are some actions that would make you immediately cross a student athlete's name off of your list? That's a really good question. Um, I would say probably patterns of what can be considered negative behaviors. So, I mean, we're all human. We make mistakes. We get frustrated. Um, If we're competing in basketball, we're probably competitive people to begin with. And we want to win. And, you know, we put in so much work to win and do well. Um, But I would say that pattern of it, like, you know, whether that's, you know, having a bad attitude or negative body language or talking back to a coach, seeing a repetitive pattern of it, I think would get you that X on my list. (laughs) So what, uh, sorry, I want to go back for a second to the visits, but what, or how much stock do you put into what your current student athletes think and say? And maybe this goes more towards official visits where kids spend more time with the team, but how much, how much stock are you putting into what they say about a recruit on campus? Yeah. I mean, I think it's important like that, that's going to potentially be their teammates. And, you know, I, I can say at this very moment with our program, our culture has been really, really good. And our team is really, really close. And the chemistry on and off the court has been really, really good. So I don't want to bring someone that could possibly jeopardize that. So their, their input on, you know, conversations and the interactions, especially as you mentioned in an overnight visit or when they're solely hanging out with the team, um, can carry a little bit of weight. And I think, you know, hearing back from our athletes, it, it is helpful. And I do appreciate that feedback. Um, cause again, I don't want to bring in someone that's going to jeopardize what we've already established. So, you know, if, if I circle back with some of our current players and they're stating things that the prospective athlete has said that are red flags, that, you know, is a red flag can be a red flag, mm-hmm. but, um, I wouldn't say it's all on, it's not all determined by our student athletes, of course, but no, what they, their input and feedback, I, I definitely ask for and in some sense is valued. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's move maybe a little bit towards the transition into college. And I know that that's a really big one. I mean, 18, you're 18 going on 19, going into womanhood, it can be very a stressful process. What are some maybe proactive strategies you can recommend for athletes to excel both academically and athletically? Yeah. I mean, I think, and we're kind of in this process right now with our first years and even some of our sophomores are underclassmen or to be completely transparent, our whole entire team, there's so many many resources on campus that um, they have access to and should take advantage of. And as I mentioned, we're in that process right now of making sure that they know what all these resources are, whether it's academic services, career services. Um, we, we have study hall for our first year's mandatory study hall in that first, um, in that first semester. So just creating any type of structure for them um, to 
be able to follow and, you know, kind of help with their time management. But again, making sure that all of our athletes know the resources on campus and not being afraid to use them. Um, so we're really, really encouraging those conversations throughout campus, not just knowing who the athletic coaches are. Like you need to know who so-and-so is at career services, academic services, um, and the list can go on and on. Mm -hmm. So what are some things that you all do or that you would recommend for people to use those resources? Because I can imagine some of them, they might be either afraid to or embarrassed to or any of those negative emotions. Right. No, because I I think one, it's like almost that sense of like positive peer pressure. Like we have upperclassmen that have tutors. There's nothing wrong with having a tutor. There's you know, anything that might seem intimidating or going to so-and-so's office or just, again, creating a space where like they can ask for help and feel comfortable asking for help, whether that's, hey, I'll walk you down to career services and we'll, we'll work through this together. Like I'll, I, I will, we can figure out together what the best tutoring session or whatever it is for you, just knowing that they're not alone in that process. And again, I will put my money where my mouth is in the sense of helping them through that and being a safe space that they can come to me for and I can reach out or, you know, just helping in any way possible to make sure that they're getting those resources. Yeah. And that made me just think about the vetting process from a student athlete's perspective and even probably more so the parents because they would probably think through this lens a little bit more, but even on those visits when they're talking to coaches, asking them those questions of like what other support outside of basketball do you provide? Because I'm, I'm sure there are coaches out there who kind of leave it all up to the student athlete and it's like, use your resources or don't, it's not kind of up to them. And there are some coaches who will take their kids down to career services or whatever, or, give them goals of setting meetings and things like that. So I think if that's something that a parent is interested in, I think that's something that they should definitely ask to make sure that that support will be there for their child. Yeah, I agree. And I think that is just even in all the information we provide in that initial visit, that is something that we talk about and harp on a good bit, um, just the resources that we have. And, um, you know, myself and my assistant coach, we, we serve as that like academic advisor for them in certain ways too. So yeah, just making sure that we're helping and letting and making sure that they know all the resources available. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, Abby, we're almost at the end. So I do want to ask a couple last questions. Are there any books or podcasts that you would recommend every incoming first year read or listen to before their first season begins and why? Well, they should 100% listen to Hoops Through Life. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is a great resource. And I mean, I I know you're going to have, or there's going to be a lot of great guests on this podcast with different insight and perspective from um, things that they experience in this coaching process, in the recruiting process that you can get a lot of knowledge and and, um, advice on. I will say a book that I recommend. We actually, I first was introduced to this book at Shenandoah. And then again, this, or last summer, excuse me, we read it as a team book over the summer. um, And it's called Legacy by James Kerr. Um, Just a lot of really good points on leadership, just leaving, you know, 
a place better than when you came in and just a lot of really good insight of um, a very successful team and what that can look like. And, and I would say the book is structured in a way that it's a really easy read and easy to follow. Um, just putting your mindset and kind of getting you excited for what could potentially be a great, a great year for you or a great start for your athletic career. Yeah, that's definitely a good one. And so what, what is something about the recruiting process or transition to college that you believe that other coaches might disagree with? I would say that there are things that you don't necessarily have to sacrifice. Um, You can be an amazing athlete and leave your four year span with a conference championship and make it to NCAA tournament. And you can be an amazing student, um, graduate and, you know, on the path for a great career and job. Um, You don't have to sacrifice, I would say, in certain ways, your social life. I would say you don't have to sacrifice what you can be involved in on campus, Um, whether that's clubs, you know, a sorority or whatever. I think all of those things and anything you want to be involved in in your college experience is what makes it unique and just unique to you and your experience that you don't have to sacrifice anything. And if you're willing to give your all to whatever it is, um, it can make for a really, really good experience for you and, and having the opportunity to kind of do more than just basketball, more than just your academic side of things um, is very important and, you know, can help with help you become that well-rounded person that you want to be. You can have it all can have it all. You really can have it all. So last, last but not least, any final words of wisdom for all the people out there? Yeah, I would say just to be yourself. Again, don't sacrifice the things that you want and, you know, be open, be transparent um, in the process, ask questions, um, but enjoy the process as much as you can. It, It does get a little bit stressful. It can be overwhelming. But remember, the ball is in your court to, again, find what would be the best fit for you. Um, and yeah, kind of like I mentioned before, don't don't sacrifice anything and and continue to be your true self. Awesome. Well, thank you, Abby, so much for being here. No problem. Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. So, Abby, if anybody's interested in learning a little bit more about Dickinson and the program, where can they find you? Yeah, please follow us on Twitter. Our program's page is Dickinson Call WBB. So Dickinson C-O-L-W-B-B. And our Instagram handle is Dickinson WBball. So definitely give us an ad. Everyone head over to Instagram right now and add Dickinson WBB. Abby, thank you again for being here. And I also want to thank all the listeners for being here as well. I'm so pumped to bring you all more guests Now, if you are a high school athlete or a parent of a high school athlete with aspirations to continue playing at the next level, you might be wondering, how can I get more specific recruiting advice based on my particular situation? Head over to hoopsthroughlife.com and schedule your free 30-minute strategy session with me, 
we will assess where you are currently in your recruitment journey, where you're aiming to be, and then we'll lay out the roadmap to get you there. Again, that's hoopsthroughlife.com, H-O-O-P-S-T-H-R-O-U-G-H-L-I-F-E dot C-O-M. You can also email us at hoopsthroughlife at gmail.com. I look forward to meeting with you soon.